This is an ABC podcast. Once upon a time, there lived a king and queen who had almost everything they could possibly wish for. He's sleeping. What does she look like? Um, a princess. What do princesses look like? Um, people who wear nice dresses. Do you like that bit? Is it? <laughs> Is it? That bit where he kisses her and they love it, they fall in love just from looking at each other. No, I like that bit. You like the dancing bit? Yeah. It's bedtime and I'm reading to my four-year-old daughter, Mercy. We're pretty careful to surround her with awesome female role models. I read her books about Rosa Parks, Frida Kahlo, female astronauts, scientists and freedom fighters and princesses. The following spring, just as the frog... Mummy, you didn't say the frog jumped back into the water. Oh, I thought that bit was boring. We didn't need it. So I'm just skipping the boring bits. Is that all right? What does happily ever after mean? I'm going to get married. <coughs> when you're getting really happy. And married? Yep. The fairy tale plotline is real. It's drilled into us from an early age. From movies to music to the books you read, you grow up, you meet someone, get married and live happily ever after. But if you're single, what's that story? That you're unhappy? Incomplete? Is it that you're a terrifying vision of hollowed-out loneliness and female rage like Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction? A witch, an ugly stepsister, or at best, a daffy loser like Bridget Jones, destined to die alone with her cats clutching a tub of ice cream? It seems we can't imagine that someone who is single might be happy about it. We assume everyone who is single wishes they weren't, is secretly or openly pining for their own fairy tale ending. I'm Yumi Steins. Ladies, we need to talk about being single and owning it. Oh my gosh, there's so many stigmas around being single. This is Bella DePaulo. She's a social scientist from the University of California. She has a PhD from Harvard. She's kind of the global authority on being single. She says the number of single people across the world is off the charts and that people aren't just staying single for longer before settling down, but more are staying single for life. According to her, the 21st century is the age of solo living. And in Australia, one in four women between 35 and 65 is single. People think if you're a single person, you're miserable and you're lonely and you don't have a life and you have nothing to do but play. And then there's the <laughs> other belief that if you're single, what you want more than anything else in the world is to become coupled. It turns out that just about all of these stereotypes about single people that are so widely shared are just about all either grossly exaggerated or just plain wrong. So what's the truth about being single? 
Oh, you can pursue your passions. So if you're not sitting around thinking, where's my next date? You you can think about what is really meaningful to you. And in fact, there is a study that followed people who have been single all their lives and married people over a course of five years. And they found that over that five-year period, people who stayed single experienced more personal growth. That's so true because a lot of people I know who are coupled often refer to the time when they were single or the times when they were single Mm -hmm. as the most amazing with all this flourishing, this personal development. Yes. Yes, it really can be. Bella's railing against this idea that single people are unhappy and need to be fixed. But this stuff is so hard to shake. The need to find a mate is literally everywhere you turn. If you're single, it can feel like every family get-together, every wedding you attend is a battlefield of questions like... So, are you seeing anyone? Got someone special at the moment? So, how's your love life? Let me introduce you to my friend. Hello! Knock, knock! Hi! Come here! Oh, I didn't see you for a long time. How are you? Good, how are you? Cool. Do you want some tea? Yes. Camilla lives in Melbourne. She's 30, she's always been single, and her mum, Magda, well, she wouldn't mind changing that. We don't have any family in Australia, just dad and I. We won't be around you forever so one day we would like you to have your own family you're 30 years old time's running out oh my god for who for me or you oh (laughs) i think for both of us i'd be too old probably i will be on a wheelchair to play with the grandchildren do you want me to just date anyone for the sake of dating someone no 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 i want you to be happy yeah i'm happy how come takes you so long (laughs) mom what? Nothing. It's not like it used to be. No, I think it's still the same. People getting married and having family and enjoying the family life. Nothing's changed. Yeah, but not everyone is in a happy family. Plenty of people grow up in broken families and homes. I know, I know that's true, but I want you to be happy and healthy. And I think that having family will bring you more happiness, definitely. You could have someone to talk, someone to love. You can share house together. I don't know. And you might be 40 or 50 and you might regret it that you don't have children. Kids is the main thing. Not just kids, but family. What's the worst thing that could happen if I stayed single? You'd be old and you'd be lonely. No one from family could visit you, could look after you, could care about you. You'd be just practically by yourself. You don't know that. <laughs> I'm still thinking that I'm smiling and laughing every time you see me. You'll be much better. All oh. right, listen to me. <laughs> I'm older than you. Mm. Oh, you're just the naughty girl. <laughs> oh my goodness! Make sure you kiss the sun. I will drive Bye. safe. Obviously, Magda thinks her daughter Camilla would be a lot happier if she was with someone. But Bella, the social scientist, says that when you look at the research, the majority of single women are already happy. More people are single 
than ever before because it is more possible than ever before to live a full, complete, meaningful life as a single person. You can have friends and family and children and sex if you wanted, and you can have your own home and you can have financial independence and Every component of a good life is available to you as a single person in a way that has never been true before. If there are so many single people, why don't we hear about them, Bella? We have this whole mythology about marriage. It's almost more of an ideology. And what it says is that if only you find the one and get married, then all of your life falls into place. You know exactly what to do. In your spouse, you have your best friend and your travel partner and your co-parent. If you have kids and your confidant and your sex partner, I call this the sex and everything else partner <laughs> idea that by finding the one and marrying, all your dreams will come through. true. You'll be happier, healthier, live longer, and be morally superior on top of that. It's so attractive. Okay, so if I said these two phrases, tell me how what your reaction to them is. First okay. one is soulmate, and yeah. second one is every pot has its lid. <laughs> oh, I would like a lot of lids, and sometimes I would like to have no <laughs> lid at all. And that really is, gets to the heart of why single life can be so great for people. Because you don't have to take that one lid and say, okay, I got my lid. You can have a whole circle of people who are important to you, and you can have them integrated into your life in a way that's flexible and meaningful, instead of feeling like, Oh my gosh, every time I go to a social event, I have to go with my partner. <laughs> and your partner drags you along every time they have to go to a social event. So it's very flexible. Is it a more selfish life, Bella? No. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought it up. Because when you look at the actual research findings, and there's a whole stack of studies on this now, they show that it's actually the single people who are more given when somebody needs something from little things in everyday life, like a ride somewhere or help with an errand or yard work or whatever it is, single people consistently are there more often than married people. Oh, and there's this great study of Australian women, 10,000 Australian women, 70 and older. And they compared um, the ones who were single had always been single and have no kids to every other variety, married with children, married without children, previously married with children, without children. And it's the single women, lifelong single women with no kids who volunteer the most. What, yeah. what are some of the ideas that surround single women? Everything that single women do gets kind of turned on its head and made into something bad. So if you are a single woman and you are passionate about your work, Somebody will say to you, oh, your work won't love you back. <laughs> so those women are always pressured to defend themselves. Mm. And a really interesting set of studies shows that the single women who are most often put down by other people are not the ones 
who say, oh, I wish I were married, I'm going to go dating, I need to find someone, boo-hoo, people like them. There's a single women who say that they're happy. Those women get put down by other people. Sometimes other people even get angry at them. So interesting. So we would prefer yeah. our single women be sort of restless and unhappy and trying to fix their singleness than yes. somebody just owning it and loving it. Right. So that's right. you, isn't it, Bella? It like, is. It's totally me. <laughs> so you, you've been single your entire life? I have. I have. And I'm 64 years old and proud of it. <laughs> Why have you been single your whole life? Oh, I love being single. You know, there was a time when I was younger when I thought, well, you know, marriage is kind of like a bug and you get bitten and people around me were getting bitten and I wasn't. But I thought, well, I'm just slow. At some point I'll get bitten. Then at some point I realize, no, this is who I am. I'm never going to want to be married. Uh, what, what about this idea? Because I know that, uh, you know, people who listen to this podcast will have a friend that they've always mm-hmm. thought, God, I wish I could set her up with someone. You know, it's right, such a shame that she's single. Right. There is this idea that single people are broken or they're in a, a state of transition. They haven't quite got to that state of being fixed or being coupled. People think that there's something wrong with single people. I think they should ask themselves whatever they think it is. You know, they have issues or they're too dependent or too this or that. Ask them if they know any married people who have exactly the same issues because I think they will find that they can find plenty of them. And finally, the research is showing that, that if you follow people over the course of their lives, as they go from being single to being married, you would think, according to the mythology, that suddenly they're going to become happier and healthier. And that's not what happens. The most recent methodologically most rigorous studies are showing that when people get married, they don't get any healthier at all. And happiness, the very best possibility, and this doesn't happen in all of the studies, is that when people first get married, they get a little blip of happiness, like they're on their honeymoon and they just have this big party and it's all so exciting. But then when you follow them, the next year, the year after that, their happiness starts to slip till it goes back to where they're just as happy or as unhappy as they were when they were single. If I were going to read my kid a book about being single and living happily ever after, Bella would definitely be its star. But what about some less fantastical creatures? What about women who are more like you and me? I decided to talk to three ladies, Monique Hanouche, who's 28 and kicking major career goals. Andy Tall, who's 45 and wrote to us saying, please talk about all the single ladies. And Jane Matthews, who's 57 and has just written a book called The Art of Living Alone and Loving It. Who here has been single for the longest? I actually thought about this. I have not shared bills or household chores with anyone for about 15 years. 15 years, Andy? Yep. Yeah, she beats me. Yeah, and me too. How long have you been single, Monique? Uh, Going on four years. Okay, and what about you, Jane? Eight years since I got divorced. Eight years since your divorce. So, Andy, you're winning. Who here feels that they probably won't be single forever, that this is just a phase? I just don't know. Yeah, same. 
I think I'll be single forever. I don't see myself actually ever getting together with anyone. Maybe, you know, a little blip on the horizon, but not a long-term relationship, no. Mm, Why is that? It's two things. One is that, you know, to find a single, reliable, nice man who can read without, you know, moving his lips is solvent... (laughs) in his 50s is like finding unicorn tears. That's one thing. And the other thing is I'm getting happier and happier living alone. The long, the longer I do it, the more sort of self-sufficient I become. You get used to making decisions by yourself. Don't you, you do, and I don't have a cat. I don't know any of those cliches, but I'm just very, very happy in my world. And, you know, I've worked hard at it, mm. but I'm very happy in it. It's like a complete bubble. Since you brought up the cat thing, Andy and Monique, do either of you guys have cats? No, I resist it. I resist getting a pet um, because then then that, that silver lining of being single is gone, mm. like that I can just get up and do whatever I like whenever I like because I've got to go home to feed something that needs me, you know, yeah. Can you be single and killing it? Andy, why don't you start since you've been single for 15 years? Um, I think I'm killing it when I'm getting promotions. Yep. I think I'm killing it when I'm getting a uni degree. I am on the cusp of buying a house, like I've, I've got the mortgage documents, I'm reading through them. I'm killing it when I've got a really diverse range of friends that, with different sort of, you know, pockets of interest. Monique? Yeah, I think I think you can. Like my sister and I have just, well, in the last year and a half, opened up a wine bar and so for us it's been a huge adventure and something that I've really kind of put all my focus on and I definitely feel like her and I are killing it as a team and... You know, being in a, in a relationship is just not really on my to-do list at the moment. How about you, Jane? You definitely can be, and I think it starts by actually liking yourself and being happy in yourself without being too sort of woo-woo about it. I think if you don't like what you see when you look in the mirror, not necessarily physically, but, you know, you're going to spend all this time by yourself and you have to like it. And if you do, then, yeah, absolutely, you can kill it being single. But if you're not happy by yourself, then you'd never be happy, you know. What's the best thing about being single? The whole bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 100%. Having the whole bed. Anything else? What else? Autonomy. You don't have to compromise. but Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think you have enormous freedom being single because you can do pretty much what you like when you like. Tell me about the way other people treat you as single people. Oh, everyone sees it as a temporary, sort of temporary yeah. thing. I'm sort of, it's a holding pattern on my sort of way to the sort of sunny heights of coupledom. And everyone sort of is rooting for me in a way that I'm kind of not, I'm not interested. So if one more person says you'll meet someone when you're least expecting it, I will hit them. Mm. Preach. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> So we just talked about what the best part of being single. You guys all said the bed and making your own decisions and having that fantastic autonomy. The worst part, what is the worst part about being single? Do you want to start over in Hobart, Andy? Yeah, the big but for me is the socially sanctioned caring relationships like your mum and dad, your kids, your partner. And I love my mum and dad and I don't have kids and I don't have a partner. And when I've been sick a couple of times in the last three or four years, like the requiring hospital admission, and it's all well and good until you really need someone to pick you up from hospital or to bring you a phone charger in hospital. Um, And who is it that's there for me, like really there, like without fail? Monique, let's talk to you about um, what's the hardest part about being single. Look, you do get waves of loneliness, but I think the thing that kind of grinds my gears a little bit is when you are the single one in a group of friends 
that are all in relationships mm-hmm. and trying to get one-on-one time with your <laughs> girlfriends <laughs> um, who seem to bring their other half along everywhere and you kind of lose friendships or you see couples only hang out with other couples as opposed mm-hmm. to their single friends. And so there's always going to be that little bit of a wedge between not with everyone, but for the most part between um, you and your single friends as opposed to, you know, the friends that you have that are now dating. What you're describing sounds like you've lost status. Yes. I don't know what couples talk about when they're off with other couples or whatever, but surely there's enough to talk about, you know, like with everyone. I'm not sure, but um, it it just does get frustrating, especially when they've been long-term friends and then, you know, you just don't really ever hear from them, you know, Mm. after that. And then because you're not in the same, yeah, in the same league or you don't have a relationship, it's like, oh, well, we don't have much in common anymore and, and, I, and I call bullshit on that, so. Jane? When I got divorced, probably about half of my friends, I would say, didn't invite me to anything ever again, actually, because I didn't realise that being, being married was part of the cost of entry into that social Crazy. circle. There are times when... It's not loneliness, it's not Christmas Day, it's not holidays by myself. It's getting the top off a fucking <laughs> yeah. jar in the evening when I'm by myself and I have to go to my next-door neighbour and say, can you take the top off? You know, that's really awful. Yeah. That'll have me reduced to tears. And, you know, dead cockroach in the bath yesterday. You know, all alone. <laughs> Be bloody nice then. But otherwise, no, I, I'm pretty happy. I went through the top 20 highest grossing films of all time and if you take out all the Star Wars movies, which of which there are seven or eight, they are kind of movies uh, where the guy and the girl get together in the end. Even if it's just a minor subplot, it tends to be the underlying message is that to wrap everything up, to have a completion, you need to have a heterosexual kind of happily ever after. And we've been imbibing that since we were very, very little girls. When my daughter had an open day in her school, she was probably five or six, and the children wrote histories of their parents. And it wasn't my daughter, but another little girl wrote, you know, I go to school, go to university, you know, have a job, get married, have children and die. <laughs> so I'm in the bit between having children and dying. I mean, that's... Oh, don't like, die. I know, and it seems like that was it. That's appalling. <laughs> all right, what goes in in between then, Jane? If if there's a big gap between the well, all the all the things that we love doing, you know, all the having fun, all the socialising, all the learning about yourself, you know, learning new things, being curious about the world. I feel really happy at the moment. It's really kind of stoked up my, you know, like you're putting fire into a coal sure. into a furnace. It's actually really, oh, given me a real sort of rush of pleasure because it's just spending time with mates. I mean, I enjoy my own company. Sue Orman, this sort of finance woman in America, said that she liked herself so much she'd date herself. She had a crush on herself. And I thought, I mean, that's a very American sort of... <laughs> I can't imagine myself ever saying anything like that. But, you know, you, I quite admired her sort of chutzpah because, you know, she likes being with herself sure. and good for her. Monique, you're the youngest, you're 28, and you've yes. been single for nearly four years. Yes. And you've got the double thing of the ethnic family, Cypriot mum, Syrian dad. Yes. Now tell me about the uh, stigma according to your family with being single. <laughs> for them, the end goal is grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not the, you know, why haven't you brought anyone home for a while? It's 
let's look at your old baby clothes and things like that, that just those like little hints and stuff um, from mum and dad and then from grandparents and aunties. It's like, why don't you have a boyfriend? Or like, you know, mm. it's there's there's no filter with them. It's, it's they, <laughs> they really speak their mind. Are they really pulling out your old baby clothes? Yeah, or just like old baby photos and, right. you know, we'll go, like if if we go shopping for um, friends who have had babies, you know, mum will kind of be like, oh, you know, when you, you know, we, you know. And I'm like, no, mum, like just, just leave it. We are here for someone else, like not for my baby that I don't have. <laughs> Bella, the social scientist from before, has coined a really interesting term, singleism. She uses it to describe how single people are discriminated against and judged. So I put it to these ladies, what do you think about the single stereotype? The perception is that I'm lonely and I'm going to die alone. The perception is also that I'm footloose and fancy free. The reality is that I am really connected to a lot of people and I have a lot of love in my life and a lot of richness, yeah, and I just refuse to just take up one space and, like, buy a unit, you know, like I want a big backyard and a garden and just this richness, yeah. Monique? One of the perceptions would be that you are desperate, and that you can't be happy or, you know, a whole person um, that you need another half, yeah, like to complete you. And it's fun just being able to talk to whoever you want and, and be whoever you want and not have to consider anyone else and just figure out who you are on, on your terms, on your own grounds without someone else or having to figure out who you are around someone else or in someone else. I think the perception of a single person is someone who feels that they are missing out. In fact, they are missing out. They're one of society's outliers. They will definitely be eaten by the cat when they've fallen down the stairs and that they won't leave as big a mark on the world, I think. And the reality is that I intend to leave a very big mark on the world and I am content and I don't yearn for someone to complete me. And if you do have a single friend in your life who you know would love the episode you've just heard or a parent or a smug, coupled-up buddy, grab their phone and subscribe them to this podcast. You can do it in any podcast app or in the ABC Listen app. You should because we have got a bunch more cool episodes coming your way. I'm super excited. Hey, our next episode is going to be about foreplay. And we really want to know what is your favourite move. Have you got a thing that you really dig that sends you wild? Can you tell us? We really want to know. I think this will be so good. So even if you're not the sort of person who would ever ring like a radio station or a line to talk about foreplay, the way it works is it's just an answering machine. Tell the machine. If you want, we can call you back. Otherwise, tell it to the voicemail. That number is... 1300 641 222. And you can email us anytime at ladies at abc.net.au. Ladies is mixed by Judy Rapley with music production by Martin Peralta. It's produced by Cassandra Steeth and Olivia Willis. Supervising producer is Madeline Jenner. Executive producer is Monique Bowley. This series was created by Claudine Ryan. The manager of audio studios is Kelly Reardon. Listener.